everyone! Welcome back to Reader's Table, the podcast where two story lovers talk about books, movies, and stories of any kind. I'm Priscilla. And I'm Nick. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about Simu Liu's book, We Were Dreamers. Stay up to date and join the community on Instagram at Reader's Table. If you want to support us and are looking for exclusive content, use our Patreon link in the description. Dreamers, uh, an immigrant superhero story by Simu Liu is the book we're talking about today. And it is a book that is very heartfelt. It is spoken as an audiobook, as I have listened to it as an audiobook by Simu Liu himself, which I think is very fitting. It fits perfectly. I think just a quick mention, if, if people narrate their own books, that's so much better than when they hire someone, if they have a nice voice. And I yeah. think Simu has a nice one, so I'm really voice. excited yeah. to listen to it. He has a soothing voice and he, he speaks well. Um, you can tell it's not what he does for a living, obviously, Like, but I feel like it could be much worse. So mm -hmm. he, he's really doing a good job. So at first I also thought, you know, there's there's points where um, this is not going to be so much about the audiobook as a performance, but just as a quick caveat to it. There's some parts that I found were a bit off but again it's probably due to the fact that i don't know what this looks like when you record it but i can imagine you're in a booth there's people like audio engineers that he probably doesn't know on a first name basis or doesn't know personally well so there's the pressure of recording well or doing well then you retake a paragraph like five times and you think oh this one was good and then the audio engineer goes no no you need to give a bit more emotion and then you know yeah. I feel like that that can hinder the performance, and that's sometimes maybe what a little bit happened, and you will see that too as you listen to it. But it's really not a bad thing; like it's it's not terrible. But I think that's just part of being a voice that's... actor in the sense of narrate an audiobook narrator. I mean, yeah. you hear that with other narrators too. Some are a bit better. It's, it's just a less... bit different here yeah. because it's a personal story, so you expect it to sound very authentic, and sometimes it doesn't to mm -hmm. me, and that's just not because of Simu, that's just the way it is. And I mean, it's really good, like it really is. So that's just as a caveat, but let's talk about the book itself. Um, it's a autobiography, he talks about his own life, but he doesn't start there. Uh, it's a prologue where he basically starts there, but then he talks about his parents and how they grew up and how they lived their lives and how they moved to Canada and then how he comes into the picture and I find that very particular to this book and very interesting because it's not just a story about him and oh look at me I'm a Marvel for those of you who don't know who he is he's uh he's with Marvel now with MCU he's a he's an actor uh Chinese Canadian or Canadian Chinese and he he's Shang-Chi so um he's not just you know writing about that he's really talking about him and his parents and his upbringing and his parents upbringing how that coalesced into him becoming who he is so i haven't read many biographies i don't think it's that normal in in brackets so to say that people start with their parents mm -hmm. because usually a biography is about yourself and you just I don't want to push yourself more to fame or you really want to show who you are because, you know, with the gossip uh, and the news and everything, people portray you oftentimes not 
the way you really are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really, it's interesting, particular to this book, I think, as well. The way it's structured is like the classic three-act structure of a movie. It even has subcategories before main chapters called Act 1, Act 2, and Act 3. And in Act 1, he speaks mainly about his parents and their upbringing and how they went from China to first the US and then Canada and how they came to want to go to Canada in the first place and then how that influenced his upbringing. Because I think that's really, really well done. And you can tell that he, and he also mentions this in the book, he sat down with his parents and over many hours talked about their lives and their upbringing. You can tell it's coming from a, from a real place and it's important to know that and to see that insight of his parents obviously having a completely different background than he does. You know, like he grew up in the West, in, in Canada, in Toronto. So he's basically like us, but living in a big city. So we're in Switzerland. We don't live in a big city. We don't know what that's like, but we can imagine. And we, we live similar to that. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't have a clue himself of what his parents grew up with, you know, because it was totally different. So he had that sit down with them over many hours, talked about it, listened to it, wrote it down, and then maybe understood some things that he didn't understand um, when he grew up and when he was a teenager and he was trying to, you know, fit in and, and didn't understand. Well, we'll get to that later, but that that's just the general structure. So it's act one, his parents, act two, him growing up, act three, him with the movie industry. So I'm pretty curious to learn more about Simu himself, although I've watched multiple interviews with him one was on jay shetty and he's just a nice guy to listen to and he seems pretty genuine so i'm really looking forward to dive into his we were dreamers story so you say the book was or is split in three parts or mm -hmm. three acts mm -hmm. which act was the most impressive to you that's difficult to pick one they're all impressive or maybe but... let's reframe this question mm -hmm. What surprised you the most about Simu? Because that's maybe okay. easier to answer. So in that way, this would be Act 2. Because in Act 1 is about his parents, which is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Act 2 is about him growing up in Toronto and his struggles with his parents, which I can hone in on a bit, but I don't want to spoil too much. And then Act 3 is about him finding his way into um, the movie scene, into Hollywood, basically, and how he got there, which is also inspiring. But I think the most interesting one is Act 2, about Simu because you learn stuff that I didn't know. For example, in the beginning, I was like, I don't know, you know, like he's a, he's a, he's a movie, he just made one movie. Yeah, no, but so far he's made one big movie and he already writes an autobiography. So in my mind, I was biased a bit, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to this. I don't care. And then I understand or I understood or came to understand this is not about him. This book is about the story of immigrants coming to the West. And he said that himself, you want to, he wants to um, give people, kids that are in his shoes, like the opportunity to read this, to, to know, you know, maybe there's a guideline, maybe there's what to do, maybe you're not lost, maybe there's, you know, if I can do it, you can do it too. And then I was also like, did he really write it himself? Probably maybe ghostwriting and stuff. Act two, you realize, you know, he definitely wrote this himself because you can tell it's authentic, but also he talks about him being good in languages in school. He was a, like, he wrote stuff before, you know, like he's, a, he's good at writing. 
So it's something he likes doing. He doesn't like numbers, even though he studied economics, which is also funny. And the most important thing of Act 2 then, which really rounds out all of this, his experiences and him as a person, and you can see he's not just this big movie star now in the MCU. He's really just a guy that grew up in Toronto trying to figure out his own identity. And he had really, really hard struggles with his parents. They would beat him like with their fists and there was like there's real abuse like child abuse in this book so that's maybe a trigger warning for some people you know the way he talks about this and i say talk because it's an audiobook but also he wrote it is very intelligent emotionally because or emotionally intelligent because he gives his point of view while also taking into account his parents point of view and trying to understand them so it's not a, a vengeful story of him trying to um, air out dirty laundry so to speak trying to uh, make his parents look bad or anything like that it's mm -hmm. it's really there's no resentment in his voice he's just telling it so people can see this is what he went through and this is what other kids go through because the parents had such a high standard for him and he didn't understand because he didn't grow up like that like maybe the poorness and all of that stuff he was just a spoiled he said that himself like, I was just a spoiled kid trying to be cool you know trying to figure out how to get girls trying to be like a, a, a Abercrombie model he wanted to be an Abercrombie model <laughs> and and he and somebody wanted to be a singer and a boy band he had a boy band in high school and uh he wanted to be a dancer you know and all of these things and his parents are like you're wasting your money you know like they're both engineers they're highly successful in their field and you should do something with science you should do something with math and he's clearly not good at that he's really good with the arts with the languages so he wanted to do something with that instead and that clashed so this book is i'd say in the first place it aims to reach out to the immigrants the asian immigrants but, yes and you you are not an asian immigrant so i'm not is there something you think also non-asian immigrants can take out of this yeah so maybe i said it wrong before when i said this book for asian immigrants that's the aim of simu obviously the mm -hmm. first aim but I think it's also his aim, and I would say that too from my own perspective. This book is for anyone because if you're if you're like him, the same background or similar, obviously there's a lot to unpack. But if you're not, you can learn so much because then you can understand other people better. So it's even more important to read this or listen to this if you're not an Asian immigrant in the West, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So whether you're Asian in Asia. Whether you're Asian immigrant in the West, whether you're Westerner in Asia or Westerner in the West, it's for everyone, you know? I think and that's this, great. Yeah, some people might not agree, but I think everyone should read this and everyone that is interested in learning about other cultures can learn from this. Yeah, so maybe to step back to Act 1 about his parents, he actually grew up in China until he was four. So he didn't really grow up there, but, you know, he was he lived in, in uh, Harbin. Well, he still grew up there to a certain yeah, point. Yeah, he grew up mm -hmm. with his uh, grandparents. Those were his parents. And he didn't see his parents until he was like four and a half years old. And his parents would come to, or his dad would come to visit. And he would be like, you're Simu, you're uh, Mama, like his, his, uh, his nickname. You know who I am? And he would say his full name. He wouldn't say your dad. Uh, goes to show that he didn't know him as dad he just knew him as the full name because his grandparents would always say look this is your father this is his name and show him pictures show him videos and so there was no connection there was no connection one. so his parents went to the u.s first and then 
his dad was struggling there and he couldn't well, obviously yeah, you know different yeah, language he was struggling hard and then the friend of his was like you know uh there's this college like in toronto like in canada if you sign up for like a, a, a master's degree or whatever it was they pay your tuition fee but they also pay uh, your housing so like at least that is taken care of i study there you can get in with my referral so they didn't really want to go to canada their first aim was the u.s but then they went to toronto because they were struggling so much yeah and they realized hey this is like just like the u.s you know it's basically the same thing it's just a bit further up north and it's a bit different obviously but it's 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 still good and they could get good jobs they could provide for themselves and that's when they decided let's take simu and let's live in toronto i'm just curious because i think it's two years like the first two years are the most important years in an infant's life mm -hmm. like it has to be close to his parent or yeah. her parents and to, to really build that bond and to well grow up the best possible way yeah so see with simu being with his grandparents up until the age of four and then meeting his parents like what effect or yeah effect does that have 20 years later you know to the human mm -hmm. being yeah big <laughs> yeah big effect i mean he he left um under the pretense of oh we're going all on the train when he was four and a half of his grandparents and then he got on the train and he somehow didn't see his grandparents anymore realized in that moment he's late and he asked where is where's you know where are my grandparents and his dad was like it's just us now and then for him that was a really sad moment because those were his parents his grandparents were his parents and now he's living with this stranger who's supposedly his dad at four and a half years old that's and probably also a bit traumatic yeah he talked about that and he talks about um how not only from his side was there an issue in regards to these are not really my parents but from his parents side too because they didn't know how to be parents they were never parents before and now they have a four and a half year old kid who they know very little about mm -hmm. so it was also difficult for the parents and that's why i love he's very emotionally intelligent in that regard he doesn't just say his point of view he really gives his parents point of view as well even though you might be rooting for simu instead of his parents and you think like oh they're doing child abuse yeah okay but they also didn't know what There's they were doing a reason why yeah people act certain ways yeah but of course it's not just he's not trying to justify his parents yeah. actions either he's just trying to tell it how it is without judgment and i'm trying to do that as well because i don't know his parents but it was a bit brutal you know because then in the beginning he he when he first saw his mom then at the airport and there's a scene he talks about where they hug and it's like and he feels safe again you know somehow like oh this this is my mother you know there's somebody to take care of me and then the first time she yells at him because he didn't do the homework properly and she gets really furious he feels like I can't trust these people you mm. know and that's that's then developed in his that's why act two i think is, is is very interesting to me because then to see him growing up at home he has this totally different culture just like you and in the real world he has he has the western culture and that's who he is that's what he identifies with but also he identifies with his chinese and he's like who am i what am i doing you know mm -hmm. like and these other kids don't have that these other kids don't get beaten by their parents and um and he really got beat like like with fists yeah you know? i can imagine yeah and and um because it started it started off differently with with a little less physical abuse but it got physical quite quickly because he started to rebel against it at first he was really good in school and he 
if they had this test in, in, in school about whether or not he's a genius, they're like, oh, he's very smart. And they're like, oh, yes, he could be a scientist. Do you think he could be a doctor? You know, like, that's what his parents yeah, put like the, the pressure. Yeah, like the three main things, lawyer, doctor, and yeah. what else? Scientist, like engineer. engineer. Yeah. Engineer, yeah. And they're both huh. engineers. So they put the pressure on him. And the, the, the teacher guy that did the test was like, well, actually, uh, Simu shows promising skills in languages and the arts, you know, rather than... Because when he was asked, what do books contain? Other kids said words, and Simu said ideas. So he's better with, like, languages and stuff, they thought. I would be like, stories! <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's also true. And, of course, then Simu says he's not, like, a genius. He was just maybe a bit ahead of the curve because his parents drilled him to study mm -hmm. every second of his child life. Like, they at home, they brought him books from uh einstein you you know like read these things yeah i would have tossed these away <laughs> yeah but I, he read them right and 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 then that's maybe why he was a bit ahead of the curve but then mm -hmm. when he got a bit older in his teenage years he started to rebel in high school he wanted to just be cool right mm -hmm. he didn't care about being an engineer all the nerdy kids weren't cool in school he wanted to be a dancer he wanted to be a singer he wanted to have a boy band like he had these ideas you know, like and the backstreet he, boys yeah, probably yeah yeah so he he pursued these dreams mm -hmm. and he can he even sing yeah he can sing a bit like he he doesn't he doesn't have doesn't have bad singing voice so I'm but it sure wasn't I... a serious thing that yeah. he pursued it never he said never anything came out of it mm -hmm. uh then what really was crucial in his high school years was that he started to learn how to do a backflip because somebody did that that he knew and he was like i want to learn how to do a teach me and then he taught him so dangerous even though he was terrified of it but then he was like now i'm cool i can do backflip what else can i do and then he got into the tricking community if you don't know what tricking is if you're listening to this and also you it's what the martial club guys do on youtube oh, okay. tricking is takes inspiration it's a sport faking kung fu moves yeah basically <laughs> it's no it's a sport it's a serious sport that takes inspiration from martial arts parkour mm -hmm. uh acrobatics like you know athletic movements and stuff so they do, they would do like uh, spinning, flipping kicks and then tie that with a backflip and do this and that and jumping around. So he got into the tricking community and he learned some moves like a butterfly twist, a butterfly kick and all these things. If you're listening to this, you don't want tricking. It's really cool. Google tricking or search tricking on YouTube. You'll see. And so that defined him as like he was really good at sports, you know, in sports, he would always ace it and all the other classes. He was still good, but he didn't like doing it. And then when he went to college, he went to study uh, economics um, because, like you know. Like everybody's choice. <laughs> yeah, because he was like, yeah, whatever, there's something I can do. Mm -hmm. But in his mind, he had already made up his mind. He wanted to do something else, like performing arts, something like that. And at some point, obviously, then Nelsie wanted to become an Abercrombie model because that was just a thing, you know. Like, yeah, I know. He wants to be beautiful like that. Abercrombie and yeah. Fitch and Jelly Hicks and Hollister were super popular until yeah. the, like, I think, whitewashing came yeah but the, back then that was like that he said he he wanted to represent the asian side the chinese because chinese the asian That's especially true. asian men were always portrayed as like the the weaklings or the nerds or the sidekicks yeah. or and never just strong sexy guys and he wanted to be that you know yeah. he wanted to have the girls and the the money and the fame and now in every movie you have the best asian friends yeah. or the, the i don't know the sexy asian there's yeah. always an asian yeah yeah it's a bit uh sometimes you know, not for the right reasons. Yeah. I wish they would just do it the, the right way instead of just mm -hmm. pandering. But yeah, so he, he had that aspiration already at a very young age to, to break the mold. And his parents obviously 
they were like you're wasting your time you know like you're wasting your our money like we yeah. ha they had to work so hard and that obviously he doesn't know what it was like like he said can't even imagine like moving to a different country not even really knowing the language and then failing going to canada instead and, and you know that's and before that the way they grew up and everything and then you have a kid that just wants to be an abercrombie model is like what are you doing like you need <laughs> to get money otherwise you're not going to survive and they didn't understand his point of view and he didn't understand theirs but it actually reminds me of a book i read last year it's called the joy luck club the focus is on women like on daughters and their mothers and it's a fictional story it's not a biography yeah it's a fictional story but still inspired by yeah, yeah. real events and real people and his parents seem so similar to the ones mm -hmm. in the fictional world that amy tan created yeah and he pushed back then you know like he, he basically didn't start not to listen to them uh, at 16 he even moved out for like five days without telling them where he was things like that you know and when they were like oh you should be this or you should be like this person or like that he would say fuck you like to their face and then they would get furious and they would hit him yeah, and he obviously. would and he would uh stick out his neck and say hit me harder you know like to provoke them like at least i control the situation that's what he felt like i think the way he tells it is smart you know like it's not in a aggressive or resentful way towards his parents there's so many normal people out there i think it's good that they have the chance to hear it mm. from someone that has risen to fame but still stays grounded yeah and i think it's also important for people to realize and that's something he does well too although he speaks about this abuse from his parents which was abuse and isn't right and he says that too he still says it shouldn't be like that like it's abuse and you should name it as that and he he names it as that himself he said you shouldn't try to normalize it face it not with adversity not with resentment towards your parents with understanding but still with the knowledge that this wasn't right um i have exactly that stigma going around in my head that stars that write a biography try to make money they just i don't know it's, it's just like why would i be interested in someone else's mm -hmm. life i mean i can't have their life you and, can well in in the sense of yeah. you know it's not how your, they got yeah, there yeah yeah and i just rather read some fiction where mm -hmm. i can learn on a subconscious level and then maybe apply it to the real world well this is going to be for you because it's i think so too because you have I the was, similar experience yeah you know? i was looking forward and to it's it. going to be cathartic to you and it's going to make you emotional it made me emotional <laughs> it, i did i yeah, shed I a tear think... or two at the end because it's beautifully written and you understand why he takes his parents point of view into account at the very end as well i also think he's a very sympathetic person to me seems very down to earth and that's why yeah, i also genuine. more appeal to to read his biography compared to someone maybe like i don't know brad pitt or you know i, I yeah. don't what makes him genuine is that he just started out in the movie business so he's more like a normal person and not like a movie he didn't grow up in hollywood yes. you know like that's the difference i think that with every biography you can learn something obviously but this is really something where you can see when you read it and when, or when you listen to it as an audiobook you can really tell yeah this is not made for the fame this is not made for the money this is made to tell a story or stories of his parents mm -hmm. and him and of immigrants yeah but, actually first when i heard the news about him writing a book i was like is this gonna be like about rise yeah. to fame and of course now, that's part of it you know yeah but, obviously but, but that's now, not the main focus i realize it's really more about his life and that mm -hmm. makes it the more appealing for me yeah. as a 
Eurasian person to also dive into his world and get to know his point of view because mm -hmm. there's probably a lot I can relate to from my own experience and I'm just curious. I agree and I think you would love it. You can learn so much from everyone. Yeah, I think that's a perfect segue to just swap over to the likes and dislikes. Mm -hmm. Do you have any additional likes? Because uh, from what I get, what you said, you really root for this book and yes. the story. So is there anything additional? Um, he writes well. His parents' background I really liked mm -hmm. because I learned a lot about China and about the way people live there. Because in the West, we always demonize, lately in politics specifically, we demonize the East, specifically China for the politics and China demonizes the West for the politics yeah, and, and the like... U.S. specifically. And this, but behind that, behind the veil of politics, we're human beings and we have lives and there's stories and there's things we can relate to. Mm -hmm. And that's what we should focus on. Commonalities, not differences. And that's beautifully portrayed. And then the way he doesn't hold back about his emotions and about the truth of his abuse, that he was abused by mm -hmm. his parents, physical violence. Um, that he tells it's smart, uh, the structure that has three acts, like a classic movie structure, because I'm a movie nerd, <laughs> and he has a really enjoyable voice. Dislikes, I only have one. It's actually funny. I found an analogy in the MCU, for those of you who watch Marvel movies. Sometimes there's jokes that are seem misplaced or seem forced or seem like they fall flat because they are misplaced or they are mm -hmm. not set up well. And Marvel likes to do these jokes. You know, sometimes they're really good. Sometimes they're just like, they just wanted to make a joke here for the sake of making a joke. It's not really in the storytelling. And similar to that, there's jokes in the book <laughs> that sometimes are really smart and are funny. And you can tell he came up with that. And sometimes I think the editor or whoever published this was like, God, this, this is MCU. Cool. Yeah, yeah. This is, it would be cool if you make a joke or, you know, a drawback to what you said before make a joke about it doesn't always work sometimes for me personally it falls flat because of the timing it seems forced akin to the mcu humor and i wonder if that was from the other because it it's only Could sometimes be, yes. and sometimes it works so i'm like this doesn't seem like seymour wrote it this is it seems like a bit forced and also the way he tells it there's sometimes a really serious scene about his parents and stuff and then the sentence after is like a funny joke that makes no sense at all Maybe it's also because I listened to the audiobook and not read it myself. That's it. Who is this book for and why? So, first of all, everyone. yeah, Everyone should and can read this, especially in the modern world, especially if you're young, especially if you're up and coming and trying to find your own identity. But I will say, if you are not from an Asian and or Asian immigrant or other immigrant background, you should definitely read it because then you can better understand that side of things. However, if you're from an Asian background, you should also read it because then it helps you understand your own background better and it's gonna be cathartic for you. You're maybe gonna cry, you're gonna shed tears because it's gonna, you know, you're gonna go through your own emotions. Um, fans of Simu, as an actor, as a person who he is, fans of MCU, of Shang-Chi, you can also get something out of this. But, you know, if you're really interested behind the veil, to take a look behind the scenes and who he is as a person. Uh, well, I'm excited to jump right into it after we wrap this up. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I, I really can't wait. It's a beautiful book. Um, if you can, uh, listen to the audiobook. If anyone who listens to this knows Simu or by any chance <laughs> is connected to him, we try to reach out to him. We'd love to interview him. I'm just saying this yeah, because you never be know. Cool. 
Hi, Simu. And if, Simu, if you're listening to this, thank you for writing this book. It's really amazing. That's it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed We Were Dreamers. Stay up to date and join the community on Instagram at Readers Table. If you want to support us and are looking for exclusive content, use our Patreon link in the description. Thank you very much for listening. 